This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everybody and welcome to Mirror Football's Transfer Spy podcast. Uh, The World Cup has been and gone but we're going to be back every single weekday now until the end of the transfer window uh, reviewing kind of all the latest activity ahead of the new Premier League season. I'm Aaron Flanagan to talk through say kind of today's rumours and what we know is going on and joining me to do so first of all is Jake Polden, one of Mirror Football's writers. Jake, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Aaron. Good stuff. And Ibrahim Mustafa is with us as well. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, good stuff. Um, as we're talking transfers, there's only one place to start, really, and that's with Alisson, uh, the goalkeeper at Roma. Uh, linked with Liverpool, linked with Chelsea, was formerly linked with Real Madrid, um, but it seems like he's going to be the hot topic, at least for maybe the next week or so. Um, Liverpool submitted a bid, but I um, believe Chelsea are... Uh, kind of still lingering in there. Oh, this is it, yeah. I mean, there's reports from, from Italy today saying that Ch- that uh, Sari has spoken to uh, Alisson and has offered him, I think it's a figure of around 5.3 million, something like that, uh, a year to sign for Chelsea as an incentive. And uh, they, there are also reports that Chelsea are ready in, um, to match Liverpool's £62 million bid for him, which I believe Roma would, would accept. So... He's very much, it seems, in in the midst of a, of a tussle between those two Premier League giants, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting scenario for for both clubs. Obviously, um, Liverpool very desperately do need a goalkeeper, uh, but um, Chelsea don't. As it sta- as it stands, though, obviously Thibaut Courtois, we don't know what, exactly where his uh, his future is going to lie. Uh, he's made hints that he he could be on the way out. But um, if you if if you put yourself in Allison's shoes right now. Um, Ibra, who, which of the two clubs do, would you say he he would prefer? Um, <laughs> it's difficult to get inside his head, actually, so <laughs> I'm not really sure where he'd prefer to end up. But um, you'd have to think, would someone like Sarri, who's managed in Italy and perhaps has watched Alisson a lot more closely, perhaps on a weekly basis, perhaps he knows a bit more about the person as well as like, the player and perhaps knows how best to maybe treat him. I mean, this is just pure speculation, of course, but um, perhaps he'd probably favour a move to London under a manager who knows his game a bit perhaps better than Klopp might. I mean, that's not to say that Klopp doesn't watch Syria every single week, as he may well do, but having managed in Italy, I think probably Sarri may have a bit more sway in that sense. Maybe, but then at the same time, I think the transfers are different because Chelsea ultimately right now don't need a world-class keeper they have a world-class keeper I think that transfer very much you know is to do with whether Courtois will move to will move to Real Madrid as as you know has been mooted um Liverpool areas as you, as you say are in desperate need of a keeper they they really want they really want to sign him um does 
you know, maybe maybe Liverpool do get in there first and sign him, you know, just because they have a need to fill, whereas Chelsea are waiting. It's the same as their sort of managerial situation. They're waiting for other other things to change, other 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 things to happen before they make that move. Yeah, I think from Liverpool's perspective, they surely they if they know this rivalry for the player is there from uh, Chelsea, surely they have to spend over the odds. They know they have to spend even more money to make sure that Alisson picks them because at the end of the day, they, they cannot possibly start the season with Loris Karius. I think it'd be an absolute disaster if they did. Not only on the pitch because obviously he's, you know, he's got errors in him, but also the, the fans won't get on board with that. And I, and I think at this point, I don't think Liverpool can can really afford to, to, to lose the fans. Um, well, that's it. It's, uh, ultimately, Liverpool do have aspirations of perhaps challenging Man City for the Premier League title next season. And if they are to do that, they are going to have to really strengthen in their goalkeeping area, aren't they? And really, I don't see why they would hesitate at this point in time because that is the main area that they're looking to. That is the weak spot of their team. I mean, it's unfortunate for someone like Carrius who had such a, not don't want to use the word disastrous, but it, what else can I say of the particularly looking at that Champions League final and you're thinking well if he's not going to recover from that then Liverpool do need someone better in in goal for them absolutely and it's psychological as well I think you know um they need to to put a marker down if they go into this new season Pep Guardiola looks at that team and says you know is Liverpool a team that's going to be challenging me this year they've got Karras in goal it's do you know what I mean it's sort of it doesn't really it doesn't you know if suddenly they come in with Alisson the man who keeps Man City's keeper out of the Brazil team you know I mean that's a statement yeah and you talk about that psychological thing other clubs as well will be looking at that and thinking right Karius is the one to pinpoint no matter where you are in the league if you're going to Anfield or Liverpool are coming to your ground you're going to be thinking right let's target Karius and you you can see he's lacking in confidence the mistake he made pre-season against Tranmere you can see that these problems are still on his head you know it must be extremely difficult for a player to come over something like that Um, you know it's not impossible but he needs support and I think at the level he's at he's not going to get that support and, and you know that, that's that's the way it is you can't expect Liverpool fans to, to stand by and um, I mean, that's afford the one area. this time that's the one area for big clubs big clubs can't really afford to have goalkeepers potentially making catastrophic errors well this so, is it it's brutal, yeah. it's brutal. Yeah. you know you, you like to say you know he needs an arm round him which I think Klopp is the, is the man to do that and let him have the chance to sort of re- regain his confidence but you know it's, it's, a, it's a tough business and, and he's, at the, he's at the highest level and, and unfortunately it's, it's cut for it I'm glad you mentioned the the Tranmere goal. By the way, the the player who scored for Tranmere was actually a Liverpool fan who was in Kiev for the Champions League final. Yeah, and obviously, oh sorry, not the player who scored. Sorry, the obviously the video mm. that came out afterwards of a Tranmere player turning around and saying words that I cannot repeat about <laughs> <laughs> about about Loris Carriers. But it's just it's literally just a Liverpool fan telling him right there exactly what what he thinks of him. But you know, he won't be the only one who. Well, this is it. Yeah. About, about and, and you think if, if a Liverpool player is getting undermined in pre-season by, you know, no disrespect to Tranmere, but a, but a Tranmere player, I mean, that's, you know, that's not going to fill the, the fan base or, or the team for that matter. With and, and that's not to say he's re- he's got the feelings of, he reflects the feelings of all Liverpool fans, but there will be Liverpool fans that do, I mean, you only have to take five minutes on social media to see that Karis doesn't necessarily have the full 100% backing of everyone that will show, be showing up at Anfield week in, week out. Yeah, so the, the question that I've got to ask Liverpool now at this point, though, is they've known for ages they needed to replace Karras. And they, they knew pretty much 12 months ago that they needed to find an alternative to Karius or, or Mignolet. I know they've dabbled with both goalkeepers. Um, Karius was determined to be better than Mignolet, which is worrying for Mignolet, obviously. Um, 
World Cup but, bronze medalist, uh, World Cup bronze medalist Simon Mignolet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> somehow got <laughs> got that to his name. But um, why have, why is it taking Liverpool so long? I think it's to do with the way Klopp works in the in the transfer market. You know, we've seen this before, where years ago they've or well not years ago necessarily, but they've sort of put off signing in positions they need to strengthen. It must be frustrating for fans. But then at the same time, you think Liverpool had this glaring problem at centre back, which they needed to fix. Um, they were linked with Van Dijk. It never happened. Klopp didn't sign an alternative. They went, you know, they, they were missing that 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 person. But then he did get his man. You know, he did. He he got the deal over the line. He 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 seems to focus on people that he likes and that he wants, and he doesn't stop until he gets that person to fit his system. Which, in some ways, you know, as, you know, it limits either the players that Liverpool can sign, perhaps. But it doesn't. It means that Klopp never settles. It means that he builds the team he wants to build, which. You've got to say, especially you know, considering their run in the Champions League last year, is only going to is only going to help. The I team. mean, that that approach is admirable if you do get a player. But as we're just speaking now, absolutely, Allison could go elsewhere if Liverpool don't put their foot down. Yeah, and it's putting your eggs in one basket, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's a risky strategy. But yeah, you know. yeah. Um, so Allison, I say we, we we don't know where his future is going to lie. Um, Chelsea, obviously, if if he move, was to move to Chelsea, it would mean that Courtois would probably move on. Um, other alternatives, just quickly, which have been mentioned and mooted by other members of the media um, recently for Chelsea, if they if they fail to get Allison and Courtois was to leave, first of all, Kasper Schmeichel, which personally I, I think would be a, a solid move, probably a move that Schmeichel probably warrants at this point of his career. I think he's done well. But another interesting name is Petr Cech mm. to go back to Chelsea. Um, Ibra, you're an Arsenal fan. Um would you be disappointed if Czech left, or or w- how how do you see this one? I mean, Petr Czech is still a top class goalkeeper. I mean, his better years are certainly behind him. That's no two ways about that. And I think if Chelsea again, if they have aspirations of pushing on and really getting back into the top four, or perhaps challenging in cup competitions and things like that, it's difficult to say because, like I said, I still think Peter Czech is a fantastic goalkeeper. But to go back to Chelsea would almost feel like more of an emotional thing rather than actually, you know, an improvement. It, I mean, certainly wouldn't be an improvement on Courtois because obviously they they sold Petr Cech because they had Courtois. So to lose Courtois and then go back to Petr Cech would just be literally a step backwards. Mm. And it's psychological, again, I think, going back to that. If Chelsea signed a keeper that they were happy to sort of ship out for, for Courtois years ago and, and, you know, arrogantly sold to a Premier League rival we don't need Peter Cech anymore you can have him Arsenal you know and then to then sign him back now as as you say he's he's progressed to the point where he's not the player he was or he's declined to the point where he's not the player he was I mean that's not going to send you know a psychological message a positive one you know going into this season that's that's that's, that's not good for Chelsea mm-hmm uh, now moving on from goalkeepers, I think I think I think we've I think we've done a fair bit on goalkeepers. There, um, interesting um, front page from Tuto Sport in Italy uh, today. Uh, obviously, I mean we're recording on Wednesday morning. Tuto Sport are saying that Juventus are interested in taking Paul Pogba back from Manchester United. They see him as this this man who will help get the best out of Cristiano Ronaldo there, you know, this, this obviously playmaker who did so well when he was at Juventus. Surely it can't happen though. Surely, I mean, I, mean, I say surely it can't happen. It was Tuto Sport who did Ronaldo to Juventus and I went, surely it can't happen mm-hmm. and, and it's happened. Um, but surely for Pogba, he should be grinding it out now at Manchester United as opposed to looking at a move elsewhere. I mean, I, I can't see it happening personally. I think... Pogba's one of these characters, he's a larger-than-life character, and I think 
enjoys being involved in this sort of speculation. He has a laugh of it. You know, there's Matweedy, uh, you know, sort of supposedly said to him, come join, come back to Juventus. And he's sort of, you know, given a comment back, which is, you know, could be, could be read either way. I think that's just his character. I think deep down, he's not going to leave Man United. I don't think he wants to leave Man United. Um, yeah, I, 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 do, I can't see a lot in it, really. Um, yeah. For me, I... I I'm not so much of the idea that I don't think he can leave Man United because um, it, it's not, it's, I mean, he's had a decent time there, but, you know, there's been a yeah, lot of talk yeah, about, you know, the way he's gone on with Mourinho and his role in the team and things like that. I don't think he'd go back to Juventus per se because I think he's been there, done that, mm. and I'm not necessarily, I mean, whatever emotional attachment he probably has, I don't think, uh, for a player who looks like he's ambitious, I yeah. think, you know, he's been there, done that in Italy. He wants to succeed at Manchester United. If it doesn't work out at Manchester United, I can see him perhaps going elsewhere, but I don't think he's going to. He's not going to bounce between two teams his whole career. Do you know what I mean? He's going to want to put roots down in either one of them or somewhere else Mm. and build a legacy. I think he's that character. It it feels more, more, more so than ever now that Pogba has a point to prove anyway given how good of a World Cup he had where let's be honest he was brilliant at the World Cup when Mm. I don't think I think some people maybe maybe thought he was just going to take his club form in there. But obviously, under Jose Mourinho, it's not quite worked out. He hasn't quite found his right position or anything. He, he's got a point to prove now. And surely from his own mentality, he should be thinking, this is my chance now to actually, you know, step out from almost the, the, the shadows because, you know, or step away from kind of all this criticism and, and prove myself. He shouldn't be looking at a move back. And if he, obviously, if he is responding to comments from elsewhere and saying, yeah, you know, I might be interested... Um, I, I, that doesn't sit particularly easy for me. If I, if I was United, I'd be pretty annoyed that he's, you know, his, his head has been turned. I mean, you could look at it that his head's been turned, but again, I think it could also be he's very good at working social media and he's very good at at, at playing this, you know, having, having fun. Yeah, the yeah. PR game. We saw, it, we saw it with Man City last year, you know, with, with the Pep Guardiola comments and stuff like that, suggesting that his agent was off. He offered him to Man City, and you know, and and Pogba played the best game he played of his season last year against Man City completely won the title, won the, the derby by himself and then you know posted a posted a picture on social media afterwards taking the mick you know I mean that's just what he that's the character he is and I, I don't think Man United I think Man United fans need to sort of embrace that a little bit and just appreciate that he is a large in life character you know he, he enjoys this whole agent P persona thing where he ta- you know supposedly taps up targets and he supposedly helped get the Lukaku deal over the line he, I just think he enjoys having fun with with the media and and i think this is an example of that i think deep down he knows from a serious professional point of view which we've seen during the world cup that he is a serious professional he'll as you say he'll want to make a mark at manchester yeah um so just very quickly uh it's an absolute no from you that that deal is going to happen i can't i'd be i'd be extremely surprised yeah uh ibra a no from you as well yeah i don't think it's going to happen yeah, I say we're we're putting that one in the unlikely, uh, <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> Listen, there's there is probably something in it. I think there's there's no doubt that Juventus are liked Paul Pogba and still do, and he's obviously still got friends there. Well, of course, who wouldn't want yeah. a player like that on their books? You know yeah, what I mean? but I mean, he was close friends with the likes of Paolo Dybala there. Yeah, so obviously their really close relationship on Instagram and stuff. And Matuidi now as well, you know, the yeah. France link and stuff. So yeah, but um, no, it'll be interesting to see whether that one actually does get anywhere. Um, before we finish, I say we'll just quickly run through some of the other transfer lines uh, knocking around today. Uh, first of all, Jack Grealish, uh, his move to Tottenham looks like it's finally going to go through. Um, Tottenham wants him on their pre-season tour and they fly out to I think they go to the United States Yeah, uh, they fly out on Sunday 
and uh, they want Grealish with them to fly out. So it'll be uh, interesting to see whether there's much movement in that in the next couple of days. Um, just quickly on, on Grealish, um, really talented lad. Um, Jake, you support yeah. a championship team. Like, what, what, oh, not anymore. obviously. A team that has played in the championship against Jack Grealish over the past couple of years. Um, what do you know about Grealish yeah, as a I player? Mean, he is a, he's a quality player. You know, I think it would be a great move for him. No disrespect to Villa, but um, he, I think he needs to make this move. He needs to make this step up now. Um, I think he showed... He, sh- you know, he would show he'll show his ambition if he does do that. He he is a very talented player. He he did show that in the Premier League before before Villa went down, um, and he's only improved in the Championship. He was the player as you as you sort of alluded to the 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 uh, playoff final, the the player that Fulham had to stamp out and had to sort of dominate and be aggressive around and prevent from being creative and having time on the ball. Um, whether he'll storm straight into Tottenham's first team remains to be seen, and I I can't see that happening. But he's certainly a great player to. To you know, Tottenham want to be one of the best teams in England now, and that means playing in the FA Cup, playing in the League Cup, playing in the Champions League. You need a squad, and bringing in a quality midfield player like that is never going to be. A, and 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 it seems I'll get him on a good price as well. You know, the fact that Villa sort of need the money now and, and haven't can't really haven't got bargaining powers. I think that'd be a great deal for Tottenham to get over the line. And just quickly on that, I think that is the kind of ideal signing that. That is for Tottenham, potentially a young player, young ambitious player who'll fight his way to try and get into that team rather than someone who will disrupt sort of the dynamic of their first team at the moment, which is pretty settled as we've seen over the last couple of years and improving. They get someone like Grealish in who's ambitious and wants to try and break his way into that rather than a sort of bigger name, a sort of prima donna who may come in and think, right, I deserve to come in ahead of the apple cart. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. He's he's a player, there's no pressure on his shoulders either. You know, he'd be brought in as a squad player shows what you can do I think a great great opportunity to, to succeed yeah absolutely uh, other transfer lines uh, knocking about uh, Daniel Sturridge has said that he's determined to stay at Liverpool and fight for his place there um, it sounds like there's been an offer from Besiktas um, for him but no he looks like he wants to uh, stick around there um, also on Merseyside Everton are closing in on a deal for Malcolm that's the Brazilian winger from Bordeaux who has been linked with Tottenham and uh, I think he was linked with Manchester United at one point as well uh, but yeah, Everton look like they're going to try and push that one through. Um, still in the northwest, Manchester City's uh, Alexander, uh, o- I think it's Alexander, isn't it? I, th- I think <laughs> officially uh, Zinchenko. Um, he will either be going to Wolves or Fulham. Um, he is on Man City's US tour, but it looks like he is almost definitely going to leave. And back down south, Crystal Palace. I have been linked with a Sassuolo striker called Kumar Babakar, who Sassuolo literally only signed from Fiorentina two weeks ago. Uh, but Palace are closing in on a £12 million deal for him. Um, so, yeah, that's a wrap of the day's transfer news. Um, we're going to be back every single day, or I say every single day, every single weekday of this uh, transfer window to look back at uh, kind of all the transfer happenings and uh, give you all the latest news as and when it happens. Um, so if you don't subscribe to us already, you can get us on Acash, you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Spotify, you can get us basically wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow with a new episode and we will see you then this is Acast Recommends every week we pick one of our favourite shows and this is one we think you're going to love hello I'm Jeff Lloyd and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband a baby podcast that is 
It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.